Welcome back to episode number two, season one of DC and DC, Dallas Cowboys in Washington, DC. I'm Claude Jennings, and after that week one debacle, I had to switch up my whole plan for the show. I had to switch everything up. So the plan was after week one, get some buddies in who are cowboy fans, who live in DC, some some uh, you know, commanders fans, get them on the show, let's talk, let's get their stories of how they started to, you know, uh, follow their teams. My buddy Andre hit me up like, "Man, I can't wait to come on the show." A couple other folks, you know, same way, but I had to do like a midweek kind of intervention rant show before I even get anybody on. I don't want anybody on this show. After that week 1 debacle, I feel like sitting in a dark room, cold dark room, all by myself with a microphone and just venting. And so that's what this show is about. And so, by the way, if you're a Cowboys fan in D.C. or anywhere else, you know, you're going to be able to relate to to this show because you probably feel the same way. You might have called out of work Monday. You might even want to go to work. Uh, If you're like me, you probably didn't even watch SportsCenter. You couldn't care less about the Denver Broncos and Seattle Seahawks game and Russell Wilson playing, you know, taking on Seattle. You couldn't care less about it because Dallas came out Sunday night and laid it egg. So you don't want to have anything to do with sports because that was me the last few days. Um, I didn't call out of work, but maybe you did. Um, and, and likewise, if you're a Commanders uh, fan, I got plenty of Commanders fans who listen to the show. My boy Andre sent me a text. Uh, he can't wait to come on the show. I'm going to get Andre on. Uh, you know, Andre... Uh, Floyd is probably is the most respectful relationship I have with a uh, Commanders fan. Like, we don't really do a whole lot of trash talking to each other back and forth. We don't really, you know, because we respect each other as people. And so we don't even let our fandom get in the way of that. But, um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, I'm, I'm not having anybody on the show, this, uh, this, this show, this particular episode. This is a midweek rant. It's an emergency show. And here's the thing that's the most frustrating about that week one loss, about that debacle against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, in, in Dallas at AT&T Stadium is the fact that it was totally predictable. It Totally predictable. Uh, I've been telling people that I am not looking forward to this season. I have no clue why people find hope with Dallas. I have no clue why any fans think that this season will be better than last season. Here's the thing. Uh, let's just do some chronological order here, okay? Before we get to Lyle Collins leaving, before we get to Randy Gregory, shout out to my nine-year-old son, Manny, uh, reminding me that Randy Gregory also left. Uh, before we get to Amari Cooper, before we get to Cedric Wilson, before we get to this stuff, the number one reason why I knew that this season would not be any different from the others was because Mike McCarthy was brought back as head coach. Like, I mean, routinely this team is not ready to play. Now, I'm not talking about someone who just comes into the locker room and yells and screams, oh, how y'all feel, fired up. No, no, I ain't talking about that. Like, that's a ridiculous. Players can do that among themselves. You want to jump around and act, you know, act tough and, you know, and scream and stuff before games, fine, do it. But I'm talking about the fact that this team comes out and it looks like, oh, we're just running plays. Ah, oh, we're just going to come out here and do our same. There seems to be no scheme. There seems to be, you know, no strategy. It seems like we're just going to come out, run the plays we normally run, and if they work, good. If they don't, well, we'll we'll just keep running them, and hopefully they do, and we'll win. If they don't, it is what it is, and we'll say we got to work harder next week. And this is what routinely happens with this team under Mike McCarthy. The minute Mike McCarthy's brought back and Kellen Moore is brought back, I knew 100% that this team would show no innovation on offense, and when they try to be innovative, it will be clumsy. 
Did anyone else cringe when they watched the little wide receiver screen they tried to throw to CD? Why is it that these little plays that seem to be so basic for other teams, a wide receiver screen, a fake draw, and then go the opposite way and do a screen pass to a tight end, that every other team in this league seems to be able to run these plays except Dallas? Why is it that they can, every team can do this play action and then this and then that and they got receivers crossing and, 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 and you know, picking cornerbacks off without necessarily picking a cornerback off, if you know what I mean. And, 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 and everyone can do this except Dallas. What is Kellen, isn't Kellen Moore supposed to be this genius, wonder boy, young offensive coordinator who knows how to get things done? Why is it that the plays see, still seem like it's stuff from 1997? 1998. And the same thing that I'm worried about, you know, with this team is the same thing I was worried about years ago with Romo and with Witten and with Des Bryant is that they're going to waste these kids, these kids career. They're going to waste these talented football players career and they won't even have a chance to win a Super Bowl because whether it's front office or whether it's coaching, they don't give them, they don't put them in a position to win. So the moment that, 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 uh, you know, Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore, you know, it was clear that they were going to be brought back. I automatically knew that we're in, we're, we're in for a long season the next year. Then Lyle Collins leaves. The, the offensive line, by the way, you know, they still pretend as if this offensive line was the Cowboys' offensive line from eight years ago. It's not. It's not back then. It was the strength of the team. Back then, there were defenses that were. That, I'm not going to say afraid because these are grown men. They all play football. They ain't afraid of anybody. But who 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 knew that when they had to come against this Cowboys team, they won't have a battle up front. That was eight years ago, people. It ain't the same anymore. They let Leo Collins go. And then, of course, we already know Tyron Smith never, not anymore. He never makes a full season. And he gets hurt before before the season. Then Conor McGregor gets hurt in the game because you can't really plan for people getting hurt. People get hurt. It's football. It is what it is. But we weren't prepared. As a matter of fact, one of the best play, one of the uh, better offensive linemen we had on, on, on the team, let him walk. Let him go. Let him go. That was another sign. Sign number three that we're going to be in for a long season. Another sign is the fact that Michael Gallup was hurt late last year to finish the year. We knew he wouldn't be ready for this season. Uh, and so when you have a receiver core like CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, Cedric Wilson, you've got four good receivers, a few of them great right now. What do they do? They let two go. Not the hurt one. Not the one that we knew was not going to be ready for the open. I mean, we knew that Gallup wouldn't be ready for week one. And what happens? We'll let the other two go. Ced can go to Miami. And and Coop can go to to um to the Browns. And it's so funny because every time they talked about people that they let go, it was oh well, availability is the best ability, and we got to make sure we have players we can depend on. I'm sorry, Cedric Wilson was dependable. Even if you want, you can argue whether you want to about Amari Cooper and whether or not he had some tension in the locker room, and also okay, fine, whatever. But Cedric, you mean to tell me Cedric Wilson playing yesterday wouldn't have been a big uh, upgrade? Not even from. From 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 Noah Brown because I like Noah Brown. I mean, he balls out. He balls out. And and maybe if he was given more opportunity and was on the field more, he could develop and mature more. But it's not even about him. It's about everybody else. They're like, well, well, we got to understand. Gallup's hurt. Well, we know he's. Hurt. We knew he was hurt when the season ended, and we still let two receivers from the team who were big contributors walk away. 
I'm just venting. This is what this show is about. I'm venting on this, on, on this episode. I'm going to do a preview of the Cincinnati Bengals game, and I'm going to get some guys on. I think my our brother-in-law, Chris, is going to come on, see if I can get my brother Jason on, and, uh, and, and, Andre, and Andre. We'll see if we can get these guys on. But, yeah, I mean, look. Uh, we let those receivers go. That was, that was another sign. And so now we're entering the season. And then, you know, okay, well, we picked up James Washington, and then what happens? He gets hurt in the preseason. Again, which happens, that's not a decision-making fault. The decision-making fault is that you had two receivers that you, that you, you knew what you were getting production-wise, and you let both of them go. You only replaced them with one guy, and that one guy gets hurt in the preseason. Two you can depend on, replaced with one that you're hoping you can get some kind of rhythm with, and he gets hurt. And so now you don't have anybody else to replace him with. And now we have receivers on the field who have no game experience. And so what happens? C.D. Lamb's trying his best. Dak's trying to, uh, you know, uh, force it into him. Uh, it's not working. Not working. Other receivers not getting any separation. No one to take the top off the defense. And it becomes really, really predictable, as we knew. Uh, let's see. Something else uh, why I knew, and this is in game. I was like, yeah, we're going to be in for a long game. Zeke. Zeke was looking great to start the game. I mean, six yards here, five yards there, four yards here, five, six yards there. Zeke's looking good. Zeke look, Zeke's looking good. And then for whatever mysterious reason, which happens all the time, Kellen Moore decides to stop running the ball. Zeke's getting yards. See, there's a there's an element of when you're a, when you're a run team, and you can run the ball. There's an element of patience. Your drives may take eight minutes, and that's fine. You might not get yards in big chunk plays. You might have to establish the run, establish the run. Establish. The Buccaneers didn't seem to have a problem being patient running Leonard Fournette. And he was running fine, and they throw the ball a little bit with Brady, then they go right back to the run. But for whatever reason, we don't want to do things that cause success on this team. Running the ball brought some success. What do we do? Let's stop running the ball. Let's just start passing it around. And the minute we stopped running the ball, it was obvious that this, this, they weren't necessarily serious about, about you know, winning, uh, winning this game. It's going to be a long season. And by the way, you know, Zeke, watch this. Ten carries for 52 yards, okay? Ten carries for 52 yards. That's over five yards a pop. Zeke, very productive. They ran him ten times. What's that about? And then you talk about Tony Pollard. Oh, we're going to have, you know, when, you, when you're down some skill players, what do you do? Put more skill players on the, on the field. Uh, Tony Pollard, he, didn't, he wasn't in the game much with Zeke. I mean, the first drive, maybe the first two drives I saw it. Other than that, where was it? Where was the creativity? And by the way, earlier, and this is what's frustrating, earlier in the day, I'm sitting here and I'm watching the Commanders and the Jaguars and They've got crosses this and cross out and receiver curl screen this and that. And I'm watching the commanders. I'm like, this is what I'm talking. This is innovative. This is good. This is looking good. Now, they almost still screwed it up and, and lost to Jacksonville. That's because the commanders are trash. But we'll talk about that when I get some commanders fans on the show. Um, and I'm thinking, okay, that's what's up. And then I, then, then I tune into Green Bay and Minnesota for the 4 o'clock game. Innovation. 
innovation. I mean, you can see the innovation the moment the ball is snapped at the line of scrimmage. And then I tune into Dallas. Kellen Moore, nothing. Just has nothing. Just has nothing. And, and, and my thing is, is that when you're short on skill players, now we're going to see what the coaches can actually do. Kellen Moore can't do anything. Can't do anything. And then the, the other reason why I am um, skeptical of this team, and I talked about this before, um, when it comes to uh, the backup quarterback situation, and again, there's no disrespect at all to Cooper Rush, because here's the thing. He is very good at what he does. He is, uh, you know, when it comes to playing football, look, he is the backup quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. He is very, very skilled at it. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't do it if I tried. So no disrespect to him. And I'm in the easy position of just sitting down in front of a microphone and critiquing what he does. And so I am fully aware of that. Um, and so I, I say that just as, you know, a, a preface to my comp, to my comment, um, because I'm fully, you know, this is not a thing against him. It's just, you know, how I feel as a fan and as someone who's, you know, a commentator on the game. Um, you know, I can't take the team seriously until Cooper Rush is not the backup quarterback of the team. Because do you really believe that he can win uh, a substantial amount of games in case anything happens to Dak? Like, I don't know, suppose he has a broken ankle or something happens on a Monday night or in a game against the Giants and he messes up his foot and he's out for the rest of the season. Can Cooper Rush win you eight to ten games? No. No, he can't. Or uh, let's just suppose Dak's throwing and the defender from Tampa Bay is trying to swipe the ball and then he hits Dak's thumb and he breaks Dak's thumb and Dak needs surgery and then Dak's gone for six to eight weeks. Let's just pretend like something that, like that could happen. Do we believe that Cooper Rush could win six to eight games? Oh, I'm sorry, it actually happened. And now we're in a situation where we've got to go into the next few games with Cooper Rush. Now, here's the thing. And, and this is totally me being emotional and a fan hosting the DC and DC podcast. Uh, so if the Cowboys decide to bring in another quarterback, whether it's to back up Cooper Rush, back up Cooper Rush, I guess, will be fine. But if it's to compete with him to see who in the world is going to hold things down till Dak comes back for the next six to eight weeks. I'm not going to watch the team anymore because why are you even headed into a season with a guy backing up your quarterback who you're not comfortable with playing for the next for six to eight games if needed? Why is he even on the team? If you, if you, if, if Dak goes down and you bring somebody else in, why is Cooper rush even on the team? Why not just have that person on the roster now anyway? Because they could be, I don't know, learning the playbook, uh, working on timing with receivers, uh, working on chemistry and, 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 you know, cadence with the offensive line. Like there's things they could be working on. So if, now here's the thing. But if they keep Cooper Rush, I'm convinced that out of eight games, maybe he could eke out two wins. Maybe. But it's not going to be because of him. It's going to be because of the defense, turnovers, maybe the defense scoring, maybe special teams with Turpin scoring, and a lucky – uh, player two or three where C.D. Lamb makes an amazing catch or something like that, or we rely heavily on the run and they continue to run the ball with Pollard and Zeke. That's how it won't be because of Cooper Rush. It'll be more of we didn't lose the game because of him. Um, so we won't be winning because of him. 
I'll watch the team with Cooper Rush playing quarterback. They bring somebody else in, I just can't do it. Because you're admitting that you entered into this season unprepared for a situation. See, so being in D.C., Rick Doc Walker, um, you know, famed Washington. Back then it was Redskins, uh, tight end. Uh, D.C. media personality. He loves the community here in D.C. He has a radio show. And he talks about the fact that your team isn't about your starters. You're only as strong as your 53-man roster. How strong is your 53rd man? And if they have to bring somebody else in to be the backup quarterback, it's showing me that you're not putting the best 53 that you can get on the field. Because if you could just call somebody up today and say, hey, got to open in position, we need someone to back up Cooper Rush. And by the way, if you come in and you show us some things, you can take his spot and you can start while Dak's out. Just shows me that you have not put the best 53 uh, men on this roster. Not serious about winning. So that's the venting show for this week. I wasn't planning on doing this. It had nothing to do with wins or losses. Like after the Cowboys lost last year to Tampa Bay, I felt good. I felt good. I was like, you know what? We played them hard. They were the defending Super Bowl champions. Uh, it came down to what I thought was a bogus pass interference call. Uh, but that's fine. It was a close game. The team gave me reason to believe that they would be, you know, functional this year. And as soon as last year was over, after the disappointing loss in Dallas to San Francisco, no off-season moves that were moves of production and forward progress. <laughs> I mean, uh, they proved that they're not serious about winning. And so that's the venting show. Uh, the next show I'll do will be a preview show. I'll get uh, maybe I'll get Andre or Chris or somebody on. All right, y'all. It's the DC and DC podcast. That's the <laughs> that's the venting show. <laughs> <laughs> 